five, four, three, two, one. <clears throat> I'm John Miglosh for the WDMA. We search the world for marketing news. And we show you the way. Here we go. Okay. So the All-Star Game is tonight. And they've got a new feature today which is Major League Baseball is offering up a new ve private venue in conjunction with t Tuesday's All-Star Game at Dodger Stadium. The All-Star House is billed as a social hub for creators, celebrities, and influencers to create content around unique experiences. Apple, Budweiser, Corona, Gatorade, Hyperice, never heard of that, Nike, and T-Mobile are sponsors. So anyway, you can go in there. If you're a social influencer, you get a pass. Somehow they forgot me. <laughs> and I'm not going to be there anyway. And uh, so they're going to have on the field and off the field special events, a batting cage and all that. So um, let's go over to the... Uh, Let's go over to the YouTube and see what we got for commercials for Major League Baseball. What grip do you use? When do you release it? So what's the correct arm angle? Like this? Guys, 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 guys. This is supposed to be relaxing and easy, okay? Y'all ready to give it a try? So I wonder where they got that, where they got the, the field next to the river but um you know i suppose a lot of parks are built on floodplains because it's easier to fix them up than than move a bunch of houses out of the way um and probably you don't know this but but um we once had a field and stream reporter fly in um for whitetail.com which is a website that i am part owner of and founder of and uh and we took him hunting in the afternoon, but in the morning, uh, it was the steelhead salmon run. And we actually took him fishing in the parking lot of the uh, Brewer Stadium. Because there's a river that, that sort of goes through there. And it's one of the better places for steelhead salmon in the country. He couldn't believe it. He caught, a, I don't know what, six, seven, eight pound or something. Not a big one, but he was certainly happy. He couldn't believe that he could... He could catch salmon in the morning in the brewer's parking lot and uh, then go out and shoot deer in the afternoon out in uh, Summit, which is west of there, about 25 miles. And so I just thought that would be a funny commercial. Of course, I'm always looking. I'm always searching the world. But don't forget, the All-Star Game is tonight, in case you care. Now, we're going to talk a little bit about designers and stuff. Uh, Gunderson Direct, my friend Mike Gunderson, got picked as one of the best direct marketing companies in San Francisco. Only one of? Only one of the best? I'd say the best. Anyway, and so I looked up the actual report from Crunch that uh, gives, you know, if you want to find marketing agency. Oops, I got to click off this thing. If you want to find, uh, if you want to find, direct agencies, direct marketing agencies in San Francisco. And uh, Gunderson, you know, their low, their low end project was 75 grand. Uh, that's as small as they want to take. Like the people who scored ahead of them were like 25 grand and they had like six employees and 
yeah, they got a straight 5.0, but it's probably their mothers and, you know, spouses and stuff. So anyway, I think that why mess around? And if you're going to do direct mail and you're trying to do it for less than 25 grand, you're barking up the wrong tree, I got to say. So anyway, that's a special note for you, Dan, if you're out there. <laughs> there has to be enough to, to, to reap the benefits of mail. You have to have enough circulation to have statistically valid segments. Or you can't even do testing, which is the point of using mail, pretty much. Okay. Now, here's an interesting article from Matt Johnson at The Drum, How to Create Long-Lasting Relationships with Your Designers. And um, I was talking with somebody the other day, and they were, and I said to them, you know, my background is actually in creative. I was, I was in uh, graphic arts and copywriting, uh, and uh, so layout and design. Before I got into data, heck, before before there were computers <laughs> in marketing. <laughs> and somewhere along the line, I decided that I was creative enough to be in data, but not as creative as the creatives. Uh, so this article, and I had a staff of about six designers working for me at one point. And Norm Stern said that I had taken one of the worst departments in the company and made it one of the best. So that was quite a nice compliment from Norm. Anyway, Matt gives this from the perspective of the designer. And he's saying, the client needs to be able to trust me on four points. First, be open and honest. Now, designers need to be able to challenge the brief. They need to be able to challenge what your concepts are. And it's a little bit challenging because, you know, with that staff, we, we had a a catalog. I was going to bring up the test we ran, but uh, we had a catalog of imprinted merchandise, and uh, we were very proud of our client base, which was um, a lot of big-name companies like Anheuser-Busch and Caterpillar and 3M and a bunch of good companies and recognized brands. And so I would hand the catalog out to my friends who owned companies and I'd say uh, you know do you ever use this kind of merchandise and they'd give me this puzzled look and say why would I want a Miller Miller High Life jacket or something and I said no no no, that's for your logo your logo goes on the jacket oh my logo okay so after that happened about a dozen times this is observation this is the observation phase of the scientific method which is the number one thing to start with after the, that observation consistently, I had uh, I had fired the the head of the de design department because he wouldn't run this test. But then I hired uh, Pete Sorotkin and Pete is that right? No, Peter Soik. I'm sorry, uh, Peter Soik and Peter. Um, we had worked together in the past. So anyway, I was telling him about this test. It's like his first day there. And one of the junior designers walks in. And we, we were producing 25 different catalogs a year, something like that, in addition to our main catalog. So we were, we were putting a lot of work through there. But anyway, the junior designer comes in, and I said, what I want you to do is, I, I said to Peter, what I want you to do is I want you to put your name here or your company or your logo here. You can change it up. And... Um, 
I want you to do a split test on the cover and see what the impact of that is. And the young designer spoke up and he said, you're just trying to ugly up the catalog, which is what the other guy had said that I had just fired. And, uh, and Peter looked at me and he said, John, do you think this will increase the response rate? And I said, oh, yeah, at least 20%. And Peter then looked at the young designer who was working for him and he said, your job is not to decide what tests we're going to run. Your job is to make it as unugly as possible. So, you know, right in there was this was this tete-a-tete of the designer challenging the brief, essentially, you know, which is okay. We didn't fire the we didn't fire the kid, but at the same time, sometimes you just want to do the best job with the brief you get, and we ended up letting him do different typefaces and different logos and dressing up the your name here. And it was really quite clever. Uh, it wasn't just Helvetica, you know, big, bold block uh, or Arial black or something like that. And I, I actually used that test at a, uh, at a DMA show in New Orleans where I, te- where I spoke on testing. And I asked the audience to show the difference between the two covers. Talk about not ugly, ugly, uglying it up. And only about half the audience, I said, just wave your hand when you can see the difference. And only about half the audience could even see the difference. And yet that cover test pulled 40% greater revenue per piece, 40%. We, had, we didn't change a single other logo in the catalog. Every other page, every other word of copy was identical and yet just that one cover change and the only change was the logos on the items that pulled 40 percent and so anyway so there's this tension you want your creatives to be creative but there is a hierarchy of command <laughs> and that is one of the challenges uh you know and when i came in and, and took over the department which was right around then i said how long does it take you to how long does it take to, you know, on average, what's your average time per page? So if you're going to do a 24-page catalog, how many hours does that take? And they said, oh, we're creatives. We're creatives. We don't know how long we're going to take. We have to do creative stuff. Well, Peter came in and he showed them how to do, you know, three over four layout grids and and design conventions so that, Certain key elements are on every page, like the response device, you know, like in those days, is there an 800 number on every page, not on every other page. As I've told you, you know, I I went out to Land's End when they were starting their business to business, similar catalog. This was years later. And uh, Dave Zentmeyer and they handed me the catalog and and I said, okay, I'll be the I'll be the. I'll be the president and you be the buyer. And uh, I want to know, I want you to buy me this Land's End uh, golf shirt. Buy me some of these golf shirts. And you say, and, and so the question is, where would you buy them? And he looked at the page and he said, how about Land's End? I said, mm, no, you're going to buy them from your brother-in-law. He said, why would I do that? I said, well, First of all, everybody has a brother-in-law that sells this stuff <laughs> or a cousin. 
or, you know, a buddy. So, uh, you know, but I'm the president and it's my Land's End catalog. And and I'm not going to give you the entire catalog. I'm just going to photocopy that one page. So this is called the photocopy test. If you have a catalog, you might want to try it out. And uh, I said, where on this page does it say Land's End? If you only look at this one page. He looked, he looked, he looked, you know, because they didn't have the, the, the page conventions designed up on every page. So there was a response device. I said, the only place it says Land's End on this page is in the on the label inside the collar of the shirt. And that's a little too subtle. <laughs> he looked at me and he said, wow, business to business is really different. But anyway, so even when you're telling your creatives where to go that you know be polite and uh this is from the creative's perspective it says involve the client well in this case we were the client and um but you know another reason i fired the the head creative director was he he was he was on the shoot for pontiac we were shooting a new catalog for pontiac we'd never worked with him before and he went to you know went to the practice trials of a of a nascar race and Richard Petty was driving his famous uh, Dodge Charger, so he would be a Pontiac uh, spokesperson. And Rick tried to get Richard to take off his sunglasses for the photo shoot, I think in his hat. And, of course, those are the two defining characteristics of Richard Petty. You wouldn't recognize him if he took off his hat and sunglasses. So anyway... Pontiac gave us a call after that and said, can you send somebody a little more knowledgeable next time who knows something about cars? But anyway, so you got to be careful involving the client and the creatives. You might want to prep them first, right? But but uh, later, I want to tell you how this worked out. So later, you know, when we were using the grid and we were we were designing in a, in a, in a more orderly way and we, we would create a look for each client and 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 it was working really well uh we were doing um it could have been it could have been 3m but we were doing a golf bag that had the company logo on it and it was a really cool item we didn't sell a lot of them but you know we did sell some and the 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 junior creator guy came to me and said designer came to me and said you know is it possible that we could like let this go off almost to the bleed. Let it go outside of our conventions. I said, absolutely. That sounds like a great idea. It'll really make that thing stand out. And he said, well, I thought we couldn't break these rules. I said, no, no. The entire point of the rules is so that every now and then you can break them. And it makes it stand out. It makes it pop. And he looked at me. He said, he realized that it was a fairly profound. If you, if every, if every page is its own little world, you never, you never see the the creativity. It's all just a mishmash. So anyway, it is a challenge. I admit, um, it is a challenge. But um, have a smaller, having a smaller, having a strong. We had a great relationships after that. Uh, results in killer projects and delivers lasting positive impact on clients. What do you need? And then there's, you know, hire us. Okay. So anyway, um, interesting to think about.
Uh, thanks for that, Matt. I really enjoyed that article. And um, we don't often think about the best way to to cultivate the creativity of our designers. Have a great day. Like and share. Your friends will know you're smart.